Welcome back, everybody. It is the Cowboy and the Commodore coming back at you for another one. This time, Dave, we're going to dive into the wonderful world. And I tried to go with some L words and just couldn't think of them on the fly in LinkedIn prospecting. You couldn't alliterate fast enough? I couldn't alliterate fast enough. It's not, I'm not Eminem. I can't battle rap my way. So I have to speak in L's? Is that, so everything has to... Yeah, I, I, no, I don't, I don't know. I, I, I only know one word that starts with L, and uh, that's uh, LinkedIn. LinkedIn. Uh, LinkedIn. So, uh, uh, maybe I don't know. So, look, I, great discussion with Zach. So, uh, talk to Zach. Zach is building his business, uh, you know, brick by brick. He's a founder and CEO of magnetic data science. This is an interesting business. He essentially focuses. What I love about Zach is he knows what he is and what he's not. Mm -hmm. And I feel like every small business has to especially know what they're not. They have to know what they need to say no to. Zach's evolving like like every other business. And, and we talk about that on the show. But, you know, he 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 knows what he's going for and he'll we'll let him tell you more about about how what it's focused on and, and how it's in the retail space and all of that but this is going to yeah. be fun dave any insights just uh from or your perspective i i think listen when we think about prospecting right a lot of us kind of go to this mind of you know the old you know making calls of course maybe we're going to trade shows right maybe we're going to some local events uh, we're sending a lot of email. That's kind of been the default lately. A lot of sellers today, even today, which I find surprising and shocking is not using LinkedIn. Yeah. So, you know, if they are, they maybe got the profile, but not spending the time and energy to invest in learning how to use LinkedIn and then, you know, progressing to hiring people to help them leverage it even further. If you think about LinkedIn, it is the one place where business professionals have agreed to network That's right. and share information and without any weirdness, right? Like it's a free marketplace to exchange ideas and connect with people. And LinkedIn also gives you ability to actually find those people, to target those people and, and find those titles of people that you want to connect with and you want to add value to. So my favorite thing about LinkedIn too is, by the way, when somebody changes a job, it tells you automatic alert so there's a lot of cool things about linkedin that i think most sellers either ignore or dismiss because it's social media so um hey you know team listen to zach and make some notes and start adding this to your prospecting absolutely yeah it's it's very powerful i gave a talk on on this on wednesday night uh at a place here in town and you know it, it's 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 all about <laughs> these connections and the so I'll, I'll close this out by saying like the the biggest value in it is that it knows who your people know and it shows them all to you it's yeah. it's it's uh so yeah i sell to sellers and anytime i see that they're not on linkedin i'm like uh oh it they may be beyond saving or they've got I, the little you know you know look at least get your profile with your photo on it like i don't want to see yeah. the little uh little I don't even know what that's called. The the avatar. The little avatar. It's not even an avatar. It's like a little weak icon. 
Yeah, the, the, the icon of the person icon that comes standard yeah. on LinkedIn. It's hilarious. Yeah. <laughs> Let's get into it, folks. Here comes Zach Pike after Food from the Road. So this is right near the convention center in Orlando, Florida, land of Disney. Oh, thank you. That so Orlando. In there, huh? You're in Orlando. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Now, this place is really cool because it starts off, you can get there at five. So let's say your convention center hall closes at 4.30, four maybe, pretty standard for the trade show floor closing. Head across the street to Cuba Libre restaurant. This is uh, this is authentic, proper Cuban food, slash, rum bar. <laughs> so, you get your uh, you get there for happy hour, and you can get the get the drink, a couple of cocktails out on their patio, which is right there. And then if you stay long enough, what happens at seven, they open up a dance club in the restaurant. <laughs> so okay, yeah. So it's got, got a lot of layers. <laughs> it's got a lot of layers. So my recommendation is you want to make a night of this. So you get your, you get there early before your client, maybe you have a, have a drink, debrief, decompress, client can get there for happy hour. You go from the patio to dinner, to the dance club that breaks out inside this place uh, as the night progresses. And you know, you can have a great time and entertain. So Cuba Libre restaurant right there in, in Orlando across from the convention center. It sounds like you got somebody's night all planned, Dave. All planned. Cuba Libre. <laughs> Cuba Libre, yes. Magnetic is a, a small data science consultancy, and we work with um, consumer goods companies that are sold in retail primarily. There's always e-commerce and retail together, but <clears throat> they're trying to make big decisions around the retail network. So if you're a, if you're a brand and you're sold in like Walmart, Home Depot and Lowe's, we come in and help you better understand that system of selling, you know, just those three retailers is like 10,000 locations and they're all different. And so we come in and help you understand that system, what's doing well, what's not so that you can better allocate all the resources you have at your disposal, marketing dollars, inventory allocations, field sales team priority, that type of stuff so you can make better decisions. Um, that's the the core of what we do. There's a lot of segmentation and forecasting type work in there. And it all started, uh, I was actually CIO of a marketing agency and we were doing a bunch of analysis for some really large brands. They were taking our work to the retailers and coming back, like telling me like, hey, we're getting all kinds of preferential treatment from Walmart, from Home yeah. Depot, from PetSmart uh -huh. because of this data. And so that's, I was like, there's something here. And yeah. so, so yeah, that's, that's, uh, that's magnetic. So put it into some sales terms for me. Can I play a short kind of game with you here? Like, yeah, sure. I mean, we're in an elevator and you got to tell me before we get to the bottom floor, like what essentially a, a quick, commercial is for for how you would speak directly to your end first of all what who is your icp like your ideal customer profile who are you talking to yeah uh brand uh as far as people 
yeah. C-level executives usually in these companies um, okay. or the founder of the company, depending That's on the right. size. And we've got a manufacturer, essentially, mm -hmm. a, a brand yeah. who is a maker of things. Exactly. They've got a retail network that they're selling into. So, so their, their sale is off to these, these <laughs> retail examples you gave us, Home Depot, maybe the Walmarts of the world. Exactly. Right? Okay. So, so enter your product. It helps me. That table is set. What do you? What would you say, Benice? Like how? Mm -hmm. How would you sort of break down in in your own oh, sure. language? How? How I understand what you do. Yeah. So if you're if you're in that position, you have a certain amount of resources to make decisions about, right? Whether that's money, how the marketing dollars are allocated, how the inventory is allocated. Your job as a C level exec is how do I allocate these resources so they bring the most money back to the company? That is a very hard question to answer for anybody. Right. And so I come in, help you better understand your areas of opportunity in the retail space and your areas of lack of opportunity, right? Yeah. I would want to put my best resources towards the, towards the stores that are going to grow the most. And so re so so resources, Zach, you're, you're saying I I have I sell <laughs> shoes. I have these shoes go to these different outlet outlets. Yep. They're being sold there. So that's that's the resource you're talking about. How do I put stuff in the right store? Could be. It depends okay. on what you're focused on. Like if you're a CMO, your resource is your marketing budget. I got you. Okay. Right. If you're uh, a COO. Your resource is the supply chain. Like, how do I? Okay. What shoes do I put in what store? What SKUs are in Walmart versus Home Depot? And like, um, how much inventory does each store get? When do I send that inventory at different times of the year? How do I keep product on the shelf? These okay. are all things that this group is really worried about. Every this like this is what keeps them okay. up at night. Okay. So they're, they're exactly. Yeah, totally. Thank you. And it, 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 you also in your examples gave me some of the different touch points that it sounds like your product is, is speaking to. So yeah. I have, I have this array of data that lives around answering the question of how do I best allocate these resources to these places within this network, mm -hmm. because there's a lot of factors in play. So <laughs> Can you tell us about so 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 it sounds like you've answered the 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 main question, which is I don't know how to I don't know how many of these different things to send. I don't know how much emphasis to place on these markets. Sure. In right. tandem with with the supply chain question. Like mm -hmm. I so uh it like what are the inputs to that? So um in that world, each retailer provides your sales data for their own world. So like you get a feed of your sales data from Walmart, you get a feed of your sales data from Petco, from PetSmart, from yeah. Kroger grocery store. They're all different. And uh, there's also other data out there, but that's where it starts is I come in, I help you organize all that data. We acquire it, we get it cleaned up, we get it ready for analysis. And then we're off to the races on the insights part. You would be surprised at how many brands do not have that side of the equation figured out on just managing their data, um, but that's the first step. That's where yeah. that's where we start. Yeah. All right. So, what are they doing then if they don't like? <laughs> it's like like now, now that you've introduced this, like it's yeah, made me yeah. ask, like, well, how how would you not have this? because you've been a successful product. Like you've just grown naturally. You have a yeah. good product. Most of the buying decisions happen in the store, right? There's like 
probably 80% of buying decisions actually happen when the person is in the store. And so a lot of that is merchandising. Like how does a product look on the shelf? Is it on the shelf? Um, All that stuff. And, you know, this is consistent across all business. People just make decisions on gut feeling and sometimes they're right. And it's when you get to a certain level or you're really trying to beat a competitor where data becomes really, really important. And it's a, it's a differentiator. If you're walking into a meeting with the buyer at the retailer with a really good analysis and your competitor isn't, it gives you a leg up. I mean, it scores you big, big points in that thing. And just for everybody's background, the buyers at these retailers are the ones who get to decide what product is on the shelf. There's whole, like Walmart has a whole team of people that are being sold to every day, all day by these brands, trying to get their product into Walmart, trying to get better shelf space, trying to get marketing help, like all this stuff. And it's a, it's a big dance that happens behind the scenes that no one knows about. All right. So what are some of the challenges that you're running into sales wise when it comes to acquiring these 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 people to tra- how are you getting them to talk to you? Yeah, yeah, good question. So, my biggest challenge, um, one, I'm a really small shop. I do not have a sales team. I am the sales team, so right. I'm doing it all myself. A lot of people listening, same <laughs> same situation. Okay, um, my, I'm in a really good spot because if I get on the phone with someone who is interested it's a really high win rate. Like there's not a lot of people doing what I'm doing. And um, if someone is already over the edge of, Hey, I need help on data. I need to be using data to make better decisions. When they talk to me, we usually end up doing something. My hardest issue is finding the people to talk to. That's right. Is it because titles of who owns this is different at every company or is it just that that guy is hard or the gal is hard to reach? both mostly that they're hard to reach um the uh, if you think about like any c-level executive any decision maker like yeah. they are getting pounded day after day with emails and calls and linkedin messages and everything and like it's really hard to get a message through <laughs> even if you have a good one and you're like a real person you're not because i don't do anything automated i don't like send big email campaigns i don't like do any of these bots that are out there. So every message I write or video I record is written for the person. And I've that's right. probably spent too much time researching them and you know, that whole story. Uh, but yeah, so it gets creepy then. Right. Because <laughs> hey, I'm trying to look figure out your window. Right. <laughs> <laughs> I should try that. Um, but uh, yes, that is my biggest issue is I cannot get through to enough people. Um uh, to the people that I want to. That's, that's yeah. the issue. So Zach, you you and I have had some conversations <laughs> offline that I found really insightful about your use specifically of LinkedIn. A lot of people yeah. find this podcast on LinkedIn, <laughs> uh, but that doesn't mean that they've mastered LinkedIn in terms of lead generation and getting to these types of, of, of people. So uh, you know, um, up to your level of comfort, just yeah. tell me what your sauce is on, uh, what the, what the cadence is, the sequence, sure. what's, what's somebody, what's something that somebody who's listening could try to do. Yeah. I'm happy to share anything about what I do on LinkedIn. Um, and the reason is because one, there's not a lot of people that compete with me, but two, it's really hard to replicate. Um, it, the first thing on LinkedIn, one is just activity. 
Like you have to have activity. I only started like really getting into LinkedIn, geez, probably six months ago. If I had been yeah. doing this my whole career, my life would be totally different right now. But different, good. Yes, absolutely. Okay. Um, <clears throat> uh, but the first step is activity. Like just get started, make a commitment that you're going to post and interact every single day. This is my advice. I, you know, there's people who will disagree sure. with me, but this is what worked for me. And when I started, it was terrible. Like if you go back and look at some of my early stuff, it's really bad. The videos are bad. The posts are not good. Okay. Um, I'll stop you right there for a second and ask what <laughs> yep. makes it bad? What, like, let's, let's get some not like, like sure. what not to do's. So, so like, uh, like my posts were really long reads. Like you okay. open it, it's like paragraph after paragraph. And it's like just a lot to consume. Um, my videos were not, uh, it's hard to explain on the videos. I didn't have a great camera presence. Like okay. simple things like smiling in the video, talking with enthusiasm. I would just like pop open my phone and just talk like corporate. Hi. Like, I'm, like I was sitting Back in a pie. room with, yeah. Yeah. With yeah. two other people. And we're like, <laughs> not happy about being at work. It's <laughs> not good. <clears throat> so, but I, at the time I didn't know this was bad. And, uh, the, and then as far as the engagement piece, like my comments on people's posts were really just like great insight, like this, love this. This is awesome. Instead of like adding value to what the person was talking about, because the whole point of commenting and engaging with other people is that one, that person sees you engaging with them and they want to learn more about your stuff. But two, all the people who are also looking at that post, see your, your comment. And if you provide a really smart comment that is not sale selling anything, it's like actually providing value. People click through and then they're like, Oh, this guy looks, looks like I might want to follow him. And then they follow you or they connect with you or they look at your content. And um, so that's, that's like, my first piece of advice is just get started, commit to posting every day. I try to post twice a day. Um, and I do it with, I don't always succeed at that. And sometimes I don't even post in day if I'm super busy, but, and I do a mixture of content. So I use text-based posts. I will sometimes post a picture with some text above it and, uh, I'll do video, um, a lot too. <clears throat> um, nice. so that like, those are the two big things. And the other, like the, if I had to pick one other, if I'm just going to give three here, if I had to pick one other, it would be to be like genuine and honest. Do not go out with a sales pitch. Um, don't like let your internal communications or marketing team write the post for you and just yeah. copy and paste it out there. That stuff happens all the time and people yeah. just scroll right past it. No one participates in that stuff if you are honest and like do a mixture like i do a little bit of a mixture of some personal stuff and professional stuff it's mostly really? professional yeah like all posts like um uh like i'm really into like brain health and like yeah. trying to get you know get smarter and so i do like some little supplements and things and i test things and uh i'll post about that on there i'll post about fitness every once in a while um uh, I don't, you you know, it doesn't get to like the Facebook style stuff that people do, or you're posting family with me, sure. but, um, but yeah, I, that's, that's the big one is just be genuine, you know, 
Um, if you're going to get any type of benefit out of LinkedIn, you have to be genuine. You have to be an expert on what you're talking about. Um, that doesn't mean you're smarter than everybody. Uh, sure. But, but it's, it sounds like what you're going for there is valuable mm -hmm. content that exactly. somebody can use that'll help them. You know, I'm yep. trying to help you in, in, in the earnestness and the genuine nature of, of the of the post comes out when that's the directive. Is is that yep. a good? Totally. And people will, I mean, sh I'm sure you talk about this often, but people do business with people, right? Yeah. Yeah. I when, uh, That's another point. This is all coming back to me now. When I first started posting on LinkedIn, I post every I posted everything through my company page and no one engaged with it. Like the only followers I got on the company page, like every once in a while I'd gain a follower, but it was people that I requested to start following me. Like I asked them to do it. When I switched and posted everything on my personal LinkedIn page, everything changed. Like people, right. my follower count grows probably 10 to 15 people a week. Um, yeah, that's great. And uh, it's because people like engaging with people. Like they want to talk to Zach. They don't want to talk to magnetic data science. Totally. And I, and you just mentioned that follower count. You, you gave me some good advice once, which was, Hey, <clears throat> LinkedIn's not going to do that for you. Like you're not going to see a dashboard that like, trends out your follower <laughs> right. count. You got to be diligent. And it, maybe this is another best practice we could add for everybody is, you know, on Mondays or Fridays, get in there and see how many followers you have as a metric to, you know, it's not a race for the most followers, but as a metric to get some idea if your content is successful, if there was a spike, why, you know, data. Exactly. I have a little Google Doc that I just every day I type in my follower count and my connection count, just those two things. Um, so, and I, Oh, go ahead. I was going to just recap what you've said so far about, <clears throat> about LinkedIn. And, and it, it sounds like, you know, consistent posting, mm -hmm. making sure that there's an actual reason that it's being done. Uh, and we've talked about a, a sequel or a frequency of that, uh, as well as the, you know, prime directive, trying to help somebody in, in being earnest and not taking those things. Our marketing department gives us these ridiculously long, novels right. to post out there and i don't use those you know i'm, yeah, I'm a little totally. bit more zach pikey in my approach with it, a combination of video and, and short posts and things mm -hmm. so so in all of those things seem like a good array of activities to do in order to uh <laughs> boost awareness to be helpful all of those types of things we talked about some commenting which is the closest you've gotten so far to how am I more direct or yep. how am I? So can you give us some insight on, I'm going to go and try and find someone to talk to and initiate mm -hmm. an actual conversation with that person. Is there something that you do that's helpful there? Yes. So the commenting piece is one, just engaging genuinely over time. Um, that has landed me clients. Okay. So I, I landed a client just last week. Yeah, just last week, that was someone who I had connected with months ago, where like, I started commenting on their stuff every once in a while, he would throw a like or a comment on my stuff, we had never met each other. And yeah. uh, he had seen one of my posts that included some data, sent me a message was like, Hey, I gotta know about this. We hopped on the phone. And literally in 30 minutes, we had a deal for a project. That's so great. that the commenting stuff, works. 
the other piece to that is um, messaging in LinkedIn. So again, you're dealing with like every other salesperson and LinkedIn doesn't have a big issue with bots um, messaging people. But the way I have like tried to get around that and it, it, it does give me traction is I send video messages. I use, usually I use loom.com to record my videos. Yeah. It's a good platform. Yeah. And I'll just send them like a, a little 30 second, no longer than a minute video. Um, because no one else does that. You, like in yeah. that in that world, you have to figure out ways to differentiate yourself. Everyone's afraid of video. And if you are not afraid of video, the only way you get there is by you know doing it a thousand times. Um, that does tend to get you through. And I will say you still have an issue of people even seeing the message. Like lots of people just don't look at their LinkedIn messages. But for those who do, if someone actually views the video I send them, it almost always results in at least a message back saying, Hey, thanks for reaching out. Not something I'm interested in right now, or, Hey, let's hop on the phone and talk. And I'd love to love to learn more. Um, it's pretty nice. rare that, that I see a view come through and that person just ghosts me and does not ever respond or anything. So right. that's as so, far as like outreach, that's, that's what I do. So view, so views. So loom is in this case is telling you that you got a view. <laughs> exactly. So, yep. Uh, am, am I right in saying that, that Loom up to a certain uh, length of video is free? I can't remember. I don't know. Okay. I, I thought that there was like a, a freemium sort of deal with Loom I'm for sure people there to is. try out. I'm sure there okay. is. I think it's only like 20 bucks a month, even if even the paid version, it's not expensive. Okay. And so for, for people listening who want to give video a try, uh, Loom, the way Loom fits into Zach's equation sounds like is is it's essentially a video production platform that allows you to record videos of yourself but rather than using zoom or um, some native app on your on your computer it has some frills like your face being uh, uh, like on the screen on the screen at the same time that you're showing a, a, a screen sure. uh, recording it's it's in things like that that actually make the 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 production of, of videos easier. And I'm assuming it hosts the video as well, which means that I can take that video and then distribute the content onto LinkedIn uh, without having to set up a third kind of connection. Exactly. Yeah. That's, okay. and that's how they track the view and, you know, all that stuff. The, honestly, the reason I use Loom is because it's fast. I'm like trying to get this video recorded right now in one take. I don't want to spend a bunch of time on it and I don't want to like have to download it and upload it and like do all that stuff it's just i record it through loom i pop the link in the message and i'm on to the next the next person um uh, one other thing that that popped in my head on the whole like linkedin piece when we think about like talking to like the 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 attention the outreach another big benefit of doing this stuff all the like the posting the the engagement is it is a pre-sales tool. I have had several deals that um, either they originated from LinkedIn or they didn't. Maybe it was like my personal network or referral or something where I get on the phone with someone and they're like two steps ahead of me on the sales presentation because they've been consuming my content for the past month. So like, right, right. They're like, I'm finding these sales presentations going much faster closing deals sometimes without even like a full deck or like 
doing my normal spiel because they've been consuming this. They're already on board. At that point, they're like, hey, I know we're working together. We just need to figure out the details. That has been a huge surprise for me because I did not expect the, anything like that to happen. Um, but yeah, it, that that's another thing to think about. It's more than just the lead. It's also like people you get on the phone with one day may have been actually exposed to you for six months. And that changes, yeah. you know, that changes everything about your sales pitch. I bet it goes faster, much faster, much faster. So, right. And I, I teach my clients about video and you're, you're touching on one of the biggest uses, particularly if it's for like, this isn't a prospecting scenario so much as it is <laughs> something to use to break down the educational barrier <laughs> between you and your prospect. If, if they have trouble figuring out how you fit into their world, like, you know, if, if you're selling, for those of you out there listening who might be selling, uh, you know, complex software or middleware or yep. your, and your end user isn't technical. So if, if you're after a CMO or you're after a, a chief sales officer or even sometimes a CEO <laughs> at the right company, uh, if you sell into manufacturing and, and you have software that facilitates making that easier, you might not, you might be talking to somebody who sells rope. And right. Stuff. Totally. So, so you have to, you have to say, that's the barrier that, that we're talking about is <clears throat> that you have to break down this educational barrier to help them understand, well, oh, that's how it helps me. But these videos, it sounds like you're saying people can educate themselves so that when the time is right to talk to them, you don't have to do as much of that legwork and you can be more focused on their use case. Yeah, they've already done it. And I like I I had no idea it was happening. It was just happening out there. And then when they finally like lots of sales is timing, right? It's it's being in front of the people at the right time. The problem with a traditional approach to sales where I'm like cold calling a thousand times a day and like. You know, I might cold call some or might call or cold call or whatever call someone once every three months is in that in the middle of the three months before, when you're not calling, maybe their issue hits in the middle of that. And like you're just some person cold calling them. It's a totally different situation when they're like seeing your content, you know, once a week or maybe once every two weeks, but they know you and they're thinking about you. And then it's like, oh, geez, I got this problem. Oh, wait, who was that guy on LinkedIn? And then they go look you up and now, you know, it's a, it is a totally different world, at least in my experience. I'm not, you know, I'm not like a super experienced sales guy, but uh, it has worked very well, uh, I, yeah. is, is what I would say. So, you, but you are a sales guy at heart. You've got a bit of a sales background. You're yeah, doing some yeah. selling of your own product now and, you know, we're sales tales, <laughs> baby. So what can you tell me just the the most epic sales tale and the way we define sales tale here is hey something good that happened something i'm most proud of okay in my career of selling uh i think um well so I'll, there's let me give you like a high level and then a specific example so the high level for me is like jumping out on my own making this thing work because I didn't know that was going to happen when I jumped. I knew it was going to be reliant on my sales abilities uh, when I left because like 
you know, as with most salespeople who are watching this, who are commission based, it's up to you to produce. And yep. um, so that that's like my big one, but a, like a, an actual example, I'm actually going to kind of touch on some of the benefits of the things I've talked about is recently I landed a sizable client um, who I had connected with on LinkedIn like six months ago, random connection. I was just interested in the, in the product. Um, I was not like, I never cold called them. I never like reached out, um, really honestly didn't connect with their content very much. Uh, they were not active on LinkedIn, but this person had apparently been consuming my content for months and months. And it was a sizable deal. We had one 20 minute phone call. I put together a deck that outlined how I would approach the problem they're having. And I packaged the deck when I sent it to them with a loom video explaining it. So instead of the way I used to do it, which was, Hey, here's my email. Hey, Mr. Client, uh, here's the deck we talked about. Here's the proposal. Um, let's, let's set up a call to talk through it. I just uh, dropped uh -huh. a boom video in there. That was like my little, my little spiel on why this was important. And we did the deal without ever talking again, other than email. Right. So we right. know we didn't have to have like four calls. We didn't have to bring in other stakeholders. He was able actually to send that video to his other peers on the exec team and say, Hey, I want to do this. Are you guys on board? They watched the video and we were off to the races. I have another yeah. deal that's taking that same path right now with a different, with a different company. Wow. So, so that is like, if I could have my entire sales life be that <laughs> play out that way. Right. Yeah. Where, where did you find this guy? <laughs> LinkedIn. LinkedIn. Okay. So, yeah. so this, so the, like, this isn't a contact from elsewhere that then you found on LinkedIn, mm -hmm. you were doing your own research there. Yes. Yep. I okay. use sales navigator okay. in LinkedIn to find people. Um, but yeah, that's, uh, I'd say that's, that's my biggest win, but that, that, that path, like that little thread of sales, I think is going to be more and more going to happen more and more people are more used to video now they're um it's it saves so much time like we didn't have to go through well, when are you available how do we set up the time how do we get the other people on the phone and none of that had to happen and so yeah. that that's the big one for me i it, that and that's a great story because it, it you know it's something net new it's not, yes. it's not a, a contact. It's, it's somebody who, you know, is, is a, a fan of your content and through, you know, a digital exchange there, we are able to pay off some of the stuff that we've already talked about on this episode, Yeah, which is, which is really cool. Um, it, when you, when you, so you had a 20 minute phone call and in that phone call, you said you, uh, you had a, a presentation that you had put together. Uh, not for that what, call. Was that? So that didn't happen that, in that call. Okay. Yeah. That what was what did happen in the, okay. In, in the 20 minute call, what was, what were we unpacking in that? One, it was just, you know, it's kind of like, um, it was kind of a call for him to make sure I wasn't an idiot. Right. I wasn't like taking <laughs> okay. all my content from, cause this happens out there, right? Someone else writes someone's sure. content for them. They post it. Um, I think that was part of it. And then the other part was to understand what exactly they were looking for. So it was for me to do some digging and discovery to say, okay, I understand that you told me you wanted to talk about X, but let's like really dig in because I'm going to bring you a proposal and I need to know all the details. And so that, that the majority yeah. of the call was really that. Okay. 
Okay, nice. So yeah, we're far down the sales funnel at this oh, point. Oh yeah. Then. Oh yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. I yeah, I was I was asking about you you mentioned the a presentation and it sounds like that was more loaded to the the call. Mm -hmm. uh, or yes. not not the call, but the uh the video that was ultimately sent. Um you'll have that right. Yeah, it was a deck that I emailed to him and then I okay, included okay. the Loom video as a link in the email. Yeah. How often do you show prospects that you're talking to a deck in order to present? Uh, I think most of the time. Uh, yeah. For me, it's, it's easier for me to explain what I do and like how everything works together. With now, when I say deck, it's like four slides. It's not sure. extensive, um, but it, it it does like especially. And I should say, pretty much only when we are actually talking about a solution. I don't show, like I don't. In fact, this has gone poorly for me in the past. When I just jump on a call and like immediately pop open my magnetic intro deck and like try to sure. start showing them stuff, that never goes well for me. No. Um, it, it feels it, presentations feel salesy. Yeah, yeah, totally. Like PowerPoint builds slides, all all those things feel. It just sort of screams, "This is a sales presentation. I'm being pitched to, and now I I, I go into my buyer persona mm -hmm. that's guarded against the sort of wolf like salesperson and. You know, I that's something that that I've been uh, journaling a lot about recently is 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 you, you can't be an expert consult. You can't be the doctor in the situation, as we like to say, if you're in that mode. So I, I was asking you that just to see how you. Uh, how you deal with that, and it, I, you know, for me, it's it's very much just, OK, I need something to support what I'm saying right now. Right. Let's, let's go over and look at that. Slides are great for that, but yeah, I think it's also where you use it in the process. Cause it, cause yeah. at the end of the day, we are selling stuff and they, your, your client is expecting to buy something if you're at that stage. And at that stage is where, and again, this is just Zach talking. I don't know what all the, what sure. everybody else does, but that is where material can be very beneficial, especially if you've got a complex product, because diagrams, pictures, stuff like that, you know, like I can talk someone through a data pipeline that they're wanting to buy. But then when I show them just four icons on a page and like how it flows, it's like, oh, I get it. I understand why we're doing this and why it costs what you're charging me. Yeah. Nice. All right. Let's turn the tables here. Let's look mm -hmm. at the dark side of the moon now. Okay. Uh, obviously, you've told us a lot about um, how much success you're having right now, but I'm sure there are times where it does not go that way. So this is yeah. the section of the show we call sales fail. So that's okay. where we've, what's, what's an epic story that we've had, or as epic as possible story that we've had where something went wrong, but I learned from it. Yeah. Um, okay. So can I give you two? One from oh, a long time ago. Please. I'll give you one from yeah, a long, long time ago when I was just like really getting started in my career. I got a job uh, in a, in a, like a, it was like a training company. They sold like training programs and I was a 
cold caller. Basically, that's what I that was that was my job every day. So I was I was and am today terrible at cold calling. I'm not confident at it. Um, I am always going into those like with the preconceived notion that this person doesn't want to talk to me. I'm just another sales guy calling them. They're going to hang up on me. And so that whole job was a complete failure. I was not a good cold caller. Um, It was a disaster. So that's the, that's the first one. The, a more recent one though, uh, this is just a couple months ago. uh, Yeah. Probably four, four or five months ago. A new opportunity uh, actually came in through LinkedIn. Um, uh, He, was interested in a poor, like he was interested in something that is something I can do, but is not something that I focus on doing. And so we get on the call. I had not done a good job of like any type of pre-qualification. I was just super excited to have a lead come in from LinkedIn is one of my first ones hop on the phone. He was in an airport. So like we were having Wi-Fi connectivity (sighs) issues and I, started the call sort of awkwardly and I immediately jumped into my pitch deck and like, cause I started the call with, well, why don't I tell you a little bit about magnetic? And instead of doing it, like I do it today, uh-huh. which is where I kind of just give them like a 30 second to one minute. Hey, here's what we do. And I don't show slides or anything. It's just us talking. I popped my deck open. I shared my screen. I started going through a 20 minute presentation we get like deep into it. We're into it like 15 minutes at this point. He's like, he's like, Hey, I don't, I don't need any of this stuff. I can't even use this. Like I was talking about something really complex that we do. And he's like, I just need the basic stuff. He, what he's needing was like reporting stuff, um, which is something I can do. Uh, and even in that call, like while I was going through it, I was like, I have no idea if this guy is even liking what I'm presenting to him. And my, so I did it from home. My wife was in the kitchen and after the call, she tells me, she's like, Zach, you did not sound like you knew (laughs) at all. And so, and that was a, like, that was a good experience to have because it like flipped a switch into my head. It was like, okay, you're never showing someone a deck until you fully understand what they need. There's no reason to pop open a deck before you have even figured out if this person is interested in what you're going to tell them. And like, I knew that I knew that all along, but for whatever reason, I was so excited to have this lead. Like, and I just was like, I'm going to tell you what I do. And it was a complete failure. We're still oddly enough we may actually end up doing business together down the road, but um, that call was a utter failure. I I have a feeling that if I would have taken the approach I take today, this person would be a client right now. In fact, I'm pretty sure of it. Oh my God, man. So, so your, your first, your, your first story was, Hey, I hated cold calling and that was just its own, its own sales fail. But this specific one, (laughs) I I'm picturing myself getting off a call with a prospect that's gone particularly bad for me because it was a later stage discussion where I had hoped to gain some sales momentum from it. And then having the additional fun of my wife standing there saying, Josh, that, that was terrible. Right. Like that's the, you know, the, that's the yep. final nail in the coffin, man. That's, that's a bad one. And it's, it sounds like you presented too early. 
Yeah, right. It was, uh, yeah, it, it was, it was not a good one. But no. learning yeah. experience. I'll never do that again. Yeah, it, that's that. That's <laughs> great. And 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 it's it, you were you very clearly articulated the learning from it as well, which is this <laughs> idea of. I'll, I'm never going to present or show slides or, or show capability, <laughs> solution, whatever to somebody until I fully understand their needs. Right. In our playbook, there, there, there's no, there's no clearer, harder, faster rule. You yeah. know, it's, and so I, I've mentioned this on this show before, but I, I say it to my students all the time. I, I, I set it up as though, look, uh, you know, did you, did your husband propose to you? Did you propose to your wife? Whatever the, the situation is. Yeah, mm -hmm. I did. Yeah, I, I was proposed to or whatever the, how confident were you that oh, that yeah. deal was going to close? I was super yeah. confident. Why? Well, you know, we went to the store together and bought the ring. I spoke, spoke to, uh, he spoke to my parents. I spoke to her yeah. parents. We talked about it a number of times. <laughs> I know that, uh, that we both don't want to have kids because we hate them. Yeah. Uh, we both know that we want to live in a house with character, all that. Okay. So why, why is it, why don't we treat sales deals? And often, you know, they're called proposals like <laughs> right. the same way. You know, it is 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 sort of getting all the boxes checked, and what you described is exactly that. It's <laughs> it's making sure that I understand their needs fully. Otherwise, I'm presenting into areas that they don't, they didn't say, and that's the sale. That that's that's just the sales fail. You, that's the sales guy dripping with commission breath or whatever. Yeah, I have I mean, never heard a better analogy for that aspect of sales but it is very true and yes that like my wife telling me that she told me that because i sounded like a sales guy on the call i did not right, sound like because right. what i try to do is i try to be an expert i try to be a partner like i'm trying like i'm actually interested in this stuff like this is the stuff i watch youtube videos on in my free time like this yeah. is interesting to me i like the work and well so, you're lucky that you've right. got uh that passion yeah. You know, yeah. Uh, if you, if you, you know, do what you, you like to do in your spare time. And that's the same thing as your job and you'll never work a day in your life. Yeah. Very lucky. But yeah, that, uh, that call did not go well and it'll never happen again. <laughs> Zach, where can people learn about you? Where can they find you? Honestly, the best place to find me is LinkedIn. You can just look up my name and like magnetic maybe, and I should come up and, that's the best place to connect with me. I respond to all my messages. Um, I'm also on like, I got a YouTube channel and I'm testing like TikTok and Twitter, but uh, my best stuff is on LinkedIn for sure. Yeah. Excellent. All right, yeah. Zach. Thanks for, thanks for joining us today. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Thanks for having me. Hey, if you're into disclaimers, this next part is really going to rock your world. Sales Tales is a Kaufman Group podcast. The Kaufman Group is a franchisee of the Sandler Network, all rights reserved. No portion of this publication may be used without the express written permission of Sandler Systems, LLC. Sound engineering for this podcast by C2D2 Films.